Hello, everyone. Welcome to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I'm Scott Jordan, and this week on the show, it's a pit party extravaganza as we break down the biggest, most inclusive pit party in all of motorsports. And to help me do that, I'm joined in studio by pit party director Ashley Alberti and pit party coordinator Mark Albert. Welcome to Inside Monster Jam. Thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, let's talk about how you got to the pit party because when, when I started and, you, and we were talking about this a, a few minutes ago, it was all inclusive as far as tour managers sort of migrated the, the different positions in pit party. You started as a tour manager, you started as a tech official, and now you, you run the show. So Ashley, what, what piqued your interest to, to start being in charge of pit party? Yes. So as you mentioned, I joined Feld nine and a half years ago, and back then we were event managers and we kind of in did everything, a little bit of everything. We managed pit parties, we booked travel, we worked with everybody. So kind of moving forward, you know, and having these different positions, I really enjoy that we get to interact with the fans on a day-to-day basis and we get that time with them to hear their feedback live. We get to see what they're experiencing. We get to make adjustments on the fly if things aren't working or people don't like things. And we change that for the next week. And I really like that we get that face-to-face interaction with our fans, which is what brought me to it. Well, yeah, and, and Mark, different avenue for you because you're, you're down on the track. You're, you're getting the trucks fired up. You're down there in the action, and then uh, all of a sudden you decide, hey, I'm going to step over into a management role and be a part of pit parties. What intrigued you about that? You know, it, it was the ability to be more creative for me. So when I worked with uh, the live event staff, it was, you know, it's a lot of you get told what they want. There's a directive to follow. Um, whereas with pit party, you know, Ashley's the director. She has a directive, but there's a lot of freestyle involved with it. So you can do whatever you really want to do with it and uh, – you know, when we came back from COVID in 2021, she put me on a lot of pit party uh, stuff. And I, she kind of guilted me into it almost at the end of the year. Uh, <laughs> I she, you know, some people had moved yeah. on. And, <laughs> yeah, same, some, same reason I ended up seeing the Backstreet Boys at the Summit, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no guilt involved at all. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, she, uh, you know, some people moved on and she was like, hey, there's this pit party spot open. I know you, you know, you really kind of gravitated toward that this year. And she like convinced me that I had. So, you know, that's where I ended up. And it's been fun ever since. It's it's a massive undertaking, I'm sure, having been a part of it for, for a few years, still seeing the developments that go on. And and the one thing I think fans may, maybe underestimate is the, the time and effort it takes to put this together. Literally, you come to a Monster Jam event, you're there to see the, the trucks and the action and meet the drivers, but the first thing you see is pit party. And it's massive. And I've been a part of Supercross, I've been to NASCAR events, and Monster Jam has the most inclusive pit party in all of motorsports. So let's start, let's talk about development of that when it's time to roll out a, a tour and we start picking, you know, putting drivers and, and trucks in cities. Uh, when does the development of what's going to happen with the pit party start for you? So really for us, you know, working on a creative plan and a creative vision, we work anywhere from like a one to three year mark and then also a three to five year kind of plan. So last summer, Mark and I spent a lot of time working through all of our creative ideas, which are very plentiful. Mark is super, super creative and has a ton of ideas. And, you know, we obviously have a lot of things that we've been working on over the years as well. And so we kind of broke everything out. You know, what can we do for 23? What can we do for 24? What can we do for 25? And even beyond that. So really, we just kind of work through what's feasible from year to year and how we can make all these things happen. So planning for us starts years in advance and then really kind of drilling down on the next season, as we call it. Um, We start now. We start Every weekend, we are always constantly looking at ideas and we're always making notes and finding things to look at when we go to other events. We're in the budgeting phase now and we move forward into creative and implementation and purchasing things and trailer refurb. So it really is kind of always on for us, I would say, in the back in the background. Um, But yeah. 
So she says you're very creative, which obviously I I, try to I, be. I've seen that. So as, as you're going through the pit parties throughout the year, do you have ideas that continue to develop and try to evolve through each week? I do. And there's, there's sometimes where we'll evolve it from a Saturday event to a Sunday event. Um, so it, it, it all depends on what I'm seeing and, and what I like and what I don't like. Um, I texted Ashley and I said, hey, I think this is going to work a little bit better next week. And within a week, we have new products ordered and we try it. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But uh, yeah, I uh, she yells at me a lot. I do a lot of creative and not so much implementation. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Creation versus implementation yeah, yeah. is our inside joke from yeah. World Finals. Yeah. yeah. Well, as, as the song says, it's a party in the pits tonight, and that's everywhere. And, and we're going to get more involved in the development, the installation, and what's next for the Monster Jam Pit Party. So stay right where you are. More Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil, is on the way. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. This week we're talking all things pit party as I'm joined in studio by Ashley Alberti and Mark Albert. So let's talk about the differences between stadiums and arenas. Obviously, arena is a smaller atmosphere, but you want everybody to have the same experience when they come. But just logistically, I'm sure there are issues because you don't have the same amount of drivers, you don't have the same amount of trucks, and you don't have the same amount of space. So how do you elevate that experience so that somebody that says, you know, goes to Nissan Stadium feels like they're having the same time as when they go to Bridgestone Arena? Yeah. So when we go to an arena, it's, you know, you want to pack as much of a punch as you can from the stadiums into that smaller area. Obviously with the arena setting, it's a lot smaller. It's a lot more intimate. The fans are still going to get the chance to meet the drivers, but you're going to bring as many activations as you can to those arena settings. This way they have the same experiences they would when they go to that stadium. Um, I also like that it's a little back down in an arena because that gives the fans an expectation when they go to a stadium of how much cooler it can be. And, as far as logistics go, another thing I want to talk about, with stadiums sometimes you have pit parties that are on the track. Yeah. Arenas, most of them are on the track, correct, inside the arena, but also at some stadiums you have to put the pit party outside mm -hmm. in another parking lot. So how are you able to manage that logistically to be able to get fans over there, get trucks over there, get them back into the stadium, and also get fans back into the right place? I know it's got to be uh, sort of a, a massive ordeal <laughs> during the pit party, correct? Yes. Uh, luckily, you know, we've been to many of the venues that we play each year. Um, multiple times and we have a really good system in place, you know, whether it's fencing in some places like Petco, for example, where you have to create a whole fencing shoot down the road to get the trucks into place after the pit party is over. Um, we create a lot of structures ourselves, right? I call it an infrastructure. So we build a little city, a pit party city out in a parking lot, um, usually with fencing and bike rack and all of those things. But a lot of times there is an existing venue structure there to scan people in or to take their tickets. So we have to kind of create that space within our pit party footprint for that to happen uh, if it's disconnected from the venue. If it's connected to the venue, sort of like Anaheim, where you can kind of use the existing venue structure, go through the ticket scanners and things like that, and then be in the pit party. So everywhere is different, and we kind of work with the different venues months ahead of time on what processes correct and especially new venues you know working with them four to five months out to figure out what will work best for their patron flow where do people come from transportation is it driven by cars versus you know public transportation so we factor all those things in when we're building the pit parties and building the entrance and that movement let's talk about the time frame it takes uh, as a host um, for tv we show up on friday some you know live event you show up on thursday most of the crew starts getting in kind of wednesday so when do you start installing the pit party at each city we'll start on the, the hard install we usually start thursday morning when we're in an outdoor venue um, if we're outside of the stadium I usually fly in on a Wednesday. I begin to mark out the parking lot. That's, you know, easy work. The crew comes in on Thursday. 
that's when the fences go in, all the tents start going out, line queues, bike racks, things like that being built. Um, and that's the luxury of having an outside parking lot. There's more time allowed. You have less people flowing in and out that, you know, are just, you know, wandering across. Whereas in an indoor, we're really limited to not setting up until after practice on a Friday evening. So we, we were pretty late hours on Friday nights to get a Saturday night pit party uh, going. And then same thing for, for a Sunday event, you know, we have to work overnight on Saturday. Well, let's say it rains, you're at an outdoor venue, it rains you know, all day Thursday, all day mm -hmm. Friday. What, what, what's the process then? Keep on trucking. Okay. Work so, right through it. Like three, four in the morning, if you have to be, you're up there. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Right. How big would you say the, the pit party team is? I know you have five domestic tours, one international, and everybody is all hands on deck when you show up. It's, it, it seems like a lot of employees out there. So how, how big would you say your pit party team is to help I would say in total, we're looking at around 10 to 12 employees that at any given time are working. So at, on a tour, if we're looking at an indoor on the floor, on the track pit party, we've got the pit party coordinator with two tech officials plus our local labor. So anywhere from six to 10 people that they're managing as well. If you're looking at an outdoor pit party where you have the coordinator plus three tech officials plus an AV manager with our local help. So looking at anywhere from three to five people at each event. And then depending on how many events are going on that weekend, you know, two domestic tours plus international stadiums sometimes requires me to go out and assist in places as well. Um, but always looking to grow our team and it is, it is ever growing and, and ever changing. And when it comes to live event, it's, it's, it's nearly 100% operations that does that. But when it comes to pit party, you have different departments that are involved. You have global partnerships, you have venue, you have merchandise. So how are you able to manage all of those departments and bring them all together to, to have that experience? I have smart sheets that I create and I make sure that every vendor that we have is listed in that smart sheet. All of our promoters are putting in the factual information that we need uh, to have for the events. And so when I go to create that map and put it all together, every department gets a copy of that map and they can say, well, I don't like that or I don't like this and we can make changes and alter it. But it's it's really one big you know, process, usually starting about 10 days out from the event where everybody gets together and collaborates to make sure that event gets put together. Um, and then once you're on site, you know, everything always changes on site. So we're always making changes to do different things. And, uh, you know, the merchandise team, we want to make sure that obviously we're featuring the merchandise stands at the front of the pit party, making sure that they're visible and, and uh, you know, the fans are getting the merchandise that they want easily accessible. Same thing with our vendors. You know, when you have great clips and Lucas Oil, they want to be represented, but they want to be with their truck. They don't want to be halfway across the, the pit party. You can. It's amazing that at Pit Party you can get crazy hair at the Great Clips area. Then you can also get static hair coming down the Big Bounce House yes. slide. Yes. I love that. Make sure you take <laughs> advantage of that. Coming up next, we'll talk about the biggest Pit Party in the world. We'll go back to Nissan Stadium at World Finals. That's happening next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. We're talking about the pit party this week. Ashley, Mark, I want to talk to you about Nashville. It was the biggest event in the world, the biggest world finals we've ever had. And part of that is because we had the biggest pit party that we've ever had. So I know the planning stages, having talked to Scott and Jamie, was massively long for the event. But when did planning world finals in Nashville begin for you? Really a year out. I always joke that the day we leave our world finals from loadout, we start planning the next one. Um, and it really does start then. I feel like we've already, and we're constantly evolving, right? We always are talking about new ideas when we're on site. We're talking about how we can make things better for next year or new programs that we want to implement. So it really, really starts early for us. And it starts as soon as we leave from the current world finals. So we're already talking lots of things for SoFi. 
So you talk about adapting and evolving and, and always different elements changing. So this year for the pit party, they decided to throw at you, oh, by the way, we're going to have two competitions during the pit party, yes. and we're going to need these drivers to come in and compete for a world championship and then come back out. <laughs> so how was that handled? Because I know I was at that meeting, and it seemed crazy when just hearing the explanation as to how it was going to happen. So what went down there? Ashley you know, entrusted me to pretty much lay out the entire pit party map, which was a project in and of itself. And then when we found out we were going to have day competitions, I had to create what we called Thunder Alley so that these trucks could be driven in and out in a safe way because there's still going to be fans interacting with the drivers while these trucks are moving in and out. So, you know, the easiest thing to do, obviously, for us was to put them along Russell Road and just have the trucks drive out the back and then come back in, loop around and, and really make it like a hot pit style. It almost was, you know, to replicate in a way a NASCAR style pit where the trucks could come in and out as they needed to to go uh, in and out of the stadium for the competitions. So having the event in one day as opposed to Orlando where it was two, you think, okay, we just simplify this down to one, but then, oh, by the way, we're gonna have fans there on Friday too for qualifying. So you have these different elements. We're going live on social media to do these, these qualifying drawings. We have different segments that are going on. We have truck unveils happening. You have RC World Finals there. You have all of our partners there. <laughs> What, what is the, the partnership like for that specific event in Nashville that allows all those elements to come together? I'm sure that it was, it was a lot to put into one place. Yes. Uh, really, honestly, just open communication and a wonderful team. I, we had specifically in the pit party had a team of 35 staff members that includes full-time staff like Mark and myself and other tour managers and, and production stage managers, but also just working really, really closely with our merchandise team, our global partnerships team, and just weekly meetings, you know, in the last two months leading up to the event, weekly meetings of what is everybody's needs? What is this going to look like working with live event on the transition with the day competitions, which was definitely a new, a new challenge for us. It's something that really, really drove us to, you know, how can we make this good and how can we make the experience still be what the fans know it to be? So really just a lot of communication and working with the other departments to make sure everybody was on the same page. And you have all these drivers out there. We'll get to that part in a minute. But what I want to focus on is, is you have drivers like Camden Murphy and Ryan Anderson who are in all four competitions. And they're out there signing autographs the entire time, folks. I mean, they, they don't get a break. They're out there the entire time signing. You bring them in for a competition. They are competing for a world championship. Ryan Anderson wins a world championship yes. during the day. But you still have an obligation to the fans who expect to see Ryan Anderson, who are waiting in line for him to get him back out. So as far as the, the drivers go that you had to bring in and out, what, what was it like for them, at least that you got to witness as they're going in to compete and coming back out to sign autographs? They, they were really, really a big help for us this year. You know, a lot of times you have to wrangle the drivers and we, we had a driver's meeting before the uh, pit party began and they knew, you know, what their obligations were to be there uh, inside, outside, wherever they had to be for their fans is where they were going to be. And, you know, had that little bit of a storm in the middle, but, uh, you know, we were still able to get almost every driver that was at the pit party back outside um, in our, you know, recreated smaller pit party area. And even drivers that we didn't think would be able to come back out because of the competitions and everything going on with the weather and then getting ready to go into the next set of competitions, they all really wanted to be out there and they wanted to meet the fans and they wanted to be there for them, even if it was limited. I mean, I think a few of them, 10 of them made it back out and they were on the bike rack line behind signing autographs for 10 minutes before they were pulled back inside, but they made it a a priority to come out and do that and be there with our fans. It was also the, the largest collection of display trucks that, that we've had. So let's talk a little bit about that. It, it, it was an eclectic mix of trucks out there. What, what was the process like in, in getting some of these drivers and trucks that fans may not have, have been able to see for a while out to Nashville? 
absolutely. So you, we had our core 48, right. That toured with us all year and everybody got a chance to see all of the tour trucks from the season. But then we also had people reach out that had not been a part of the tours or that hadn't been a part of monster jam in a few years and wanted to come out they wanted to interact with the fans. They wanted to be here with us. And so we kind of looked at the map and said, Hey, we've got a little bit of wiggle room. We've got some space. Let's fill it in. So we, you know, we worked with our fleet operations team and we said, you know, we can probably take six or eight additional trucks if people start reaching out and they did. So we, we had some extra people come on site and it was great. So imagine that it's, it's the, the, big leagues of monster trucks and the pinnacle event yes. of the big leagues and people want to be a part of it. It's amazing that that it just eclipses the competitors that we have and now you have these drivers and trucks that fans don't get to see coming in to sign autographs and I, and I love that. Let's talk about the driver inclusion. I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, I've been to other motorsports and you don't see a pit party like Monster Jam has, at, and, and I'm not trying to toot the horn, but I will toot toot <laughs> here because it's true. And I, I love Supercross, and I've been to that pit party. It's amazing, but you don't get access to Eli Tomac and Ricky Carmichael for four hours. You know, right. you got to pick and choose who you're going to see, and you get limited access. You don't go to, you know, the Daytona 500 and, and see, you know, Denny Hamlin and, and Kurt Busch out there the entire time. But in Monster Jam, the drivers are out there from start, and even early access. I mean, you have yes. early access packages. So, and you mentioned that in National the drivers were very cooperative, but I know it's got to take a toll, but the fact that you see the, these athletes come in and literally want to be out there to meet the fans, it, it's got to make you feel pretty good that that fan engagement has to be the number one thing here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how, how were you able to keep the drivers positive and motivated when, you know, they're out in the hot sun for four hours and they're meeting fans and signing autographs? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I talk to the drivers every week and, and we tell them and we say, hey, guys, you know, this is your obligation. This is what you've signed up for as a driver. Um, but more importantly, I remember when I was a fan and I just wanted to meet, you know, Dennis Anderson or Tom Mentz. And I told the drivers these days, I said, you guys are literally living somebody's dream. I think you owe it back to them to be on, you know, positive spirits every time you meet those fans. That fan can be meeting you for the first time. You could be the first driver a fan ever walks up to at a Monster Jam event. Um, and you're their first impression. So you owe it to them to be, you know, as as best as you can be. To me, even when it's hot, even when it's raining, even when it's cold, the drivers have never had a problem with it. You know, they might complain after the fact, but when they're there with the fans, it is all positive all the time. And I think that's the most important thing that they bring to the table for us. So with World Finals, every ticket gets admission to the pit party, correct? Yes. So we had, you know, this big event where we're expecting tens of thousands of people, and obviously all of them are going to pass through the pit party. Would, would you say that uh, the fan turnout exceeded your expectations for Nashville? I think it did. You know, I think everybody knew we were going to be battling heat, you know, potentially battling weather like we have in our past June events there. But I think the fans showed up, and they showed out, and they were excited. And really, again, the driver inclusion – and what drives our drivers and our fans is that personal experience that they get with the drivers. They're not just running through a line, signing an autograph and saying, thanks for coming by. They're having conversations. They're asking about your families. They're remembering fans from past events, you know, and this is why we have the super fan base that we do because of the personal relationship that the drivers create with them. So I was very, very excited to see how many people showed up for World Finals and this I, year. I think Nashville that particular weekend was sitting at the center of the sun there. Yes. In fact, you had a small staff, <laughs> a small group of staff members just dragging coolers around giving water. Yes. It was fascinating. All right, coming up, it is your turn to ask the questions. Stay right where you are. More Inside Monster Jam is next.
Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. We are the official Monster Jam podcast. I'm Scott Jordan. She is Ashley Alberti. This is Mark Albert, and we have been having a pit party extravaganza here tonight. I'm excited about these fan questions. To get involved in the show, follow me on Instagram at ScottJordanMJSX. Let's start with Nuff Ogin 23 That's a mouthful there for me. What is the easiest and hardest part of putting together a Monster Jam pit party? Mark, I'll give that one to you. I think the easiest part is ordering everything. Um, you know, we put it all on paper, send out the orders, get confirmations back. The hardest part is making sure they're going to show yeah. up. You know, I've gotten on site plenty of times and I, you know, call the tent company on Thursday uh, and they go, well, what tent? And I go, oh, no. So, uh, yeah, no, that, that's definitely one of the hardest parts. Uh, I think the other hard part is just dealing with the logistical uh, factors. You know, sometimes you have things that are out of your control. You know, in Nashville, there's a lot of stadium construction this year that we had to work around the entire first week of pit party setup. So that's definitely one of the harder parts. But, uh, you know, as far as as far as it goes, we still make it happen every week. Velocity Raptor 32, which is a great name, by the way, uh, wants to know, with multiple show weekends happening, do pit parties ever give the crews challenges if the trucks had damaged the event prior? So that's a great question. It is. It is. And we see it from week to week. You know, the trucks need to be the best that they can be for the next event, whether that's that day or the next day. And we kind of work around that. We do everything that we can possibly do to have the pit party set up and ready to go for the next pit party. And then we kind of wait it out and we hope for the best. And we have driven trucks into the pit party literally a minute before doors open and parked him and reset everything. But we give it all that we can and we give it as much time as we can for those trucks to make it back. Geobass17 is asking, what's it like doing two stadium shows in one weekend, but also having two pit parties? We haven't talked about that. So you have a pit party, a show, and then you have to reset again for another pit party and another event. When you're outdoors, it's a dream. You know, you drive those trucks into the stadium, you pretty much do a walk-off. That pit party stays exactly the same. It is set up, ready to go, and we drive them back in either Saturday night after the event or on Sunday morning. It's indoors where you have to take the entire pit party down and then reset it overnight on Saturday for a Sunday pit party. That's a little bit of the challenge. But, you know, like I said earlier, we have a great team, and we make sure we get it done every single time. All right, thanks, Mark. Actually, been an awesome time chatting with you. As for you, make sure you visit the pit party next time Monster Jam is in town. I'll see you right here next Saturday night on MAV-TV. Also, download us on iTunes. That's it for Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.